lives Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no cotton down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets and welcome to Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase I'm Betty, I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. I just got back from Laos, and Sabadi is hello in Laos. So we have a lot of Laos stories in this episode. We've got other things like um, perserets, scorpions, monks, kangaroos, hookers, trainees, bugs, blown slides, and jungle gals. Let's get on with the show. So in the last episode, I was telling you that in my research leading up to going to Laos, I was extremely surprised to read that it is illegal for a foreigner to have sex with a Laotian. And it's punishable. It's punishable by a $500 to $5,000 fine. Uh, And prison. Prison! (laughs) Nothing scares me more than foreign prison. Uh, And I wasn't planning on getting lucky in Laos, so it really wasn't uh, an issue for me. I was just surprised to read it. So I land in Laos, first night in the capital, Vientiane. Leave the hotel just to get something to eat because I'm going to go to bed because I've been up forever. I have to catch a flight in the morning. So... Wouldn't you know, one of the first things I see in Laos are two Laotian prostitutes and three tourist-looking white guys nearby uh, sizing up the Laotian prostitutes. And there was a part of me that wanted to go, um, uh, hello, yes, hi. <laughs> yeah, you know, you really, really probably don't want to partake of this because, you know, you could end up in prison. But I thought, you know, this is not my place. I don't need to get between the prostitutes and the tourists. Uh, I'll just mind my own business and be sure to not get prisonable lucky in Laos. It's kind of funny. There's a guy drywalling (laughs) my walls in the other room. I didn't tell him, hey, I'm going to go in the closet and do a little um, recording for my podcast. (laughs) I'm sure that's what all the other people uh, that you're working on their places today were saying too. I'll just be in the closet working on the podcast. Anyway, I wanted to say that the music for this episode I recorded at the Bamboo Tree Restaurant in Luang Prabang, and uh, I had the most amazing time. There was just this family sitting at a big table singing. They weren't on a stage or anything. They were just having a wonderful time singing out loud in the restaurant. It was amazing. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, um, you know, I'm trying to be a person rep, right? Yeah. And um, I was so excited. They called me like, you've been escalated to be on Paris. And I'm 76. So I don't, you get to practice. I get to practice, exactly. Yeah. Well, we get to the airplane. The flight, the, the um, purser's real cool. She's like, you're going to have a great time. You know, this is good practice for you. Because yeah. you know I want to be a person and all that. So we get on the airplane. And she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you, you have 47 special meals. Oh, my gosh. So 47 special meals. But we're not full. So what does everybody do? They move. So oh. I'm running around trying to catch everybody and so I had spoke to about 40 people where I still had seven to go and you know so I'm making an announcement ladies and gentlemen if you if you ordered a special meal and I have not spoken to you please raise your hand no hands I'm like so here we go so um <laughs> so we I said if they if they come forward they right. come forward yeah. maybe they didn't make it blah, blah blah I'm like seven people didn't make it really so we start no, they just the, don't listen so we start the meals and I, luckily, I thought to myself, because, you know, especially, we're supposed to be on that side of the cart facing the yeah. passengers. But I'm like, I can't. Yeah, yeah. It, there could possibly, because we only have four. They didn't give yeah. us any, any extra. So I'm running around trying to, because well, I get to somebody, may I offer you the chicken or the um, the pasta? I ordered a special meal. I said, did you, did you didn't for me? It. And she's like, oh, I didn't think, I didn't think anything about it. I just heard talking, but I didn't think anything about yeah, it. And I'm like, okay. So I, you know, I go get the meal, come back. I, I, two more people I happened to so then my patience is yes. like being questioned and um, <laughs> no honey question <laughs> so I, the, the fourth man he's like yeah I had the gluten free I said what were you doing when I was talking and he was like oh I was wondering why you were interrupting my movie I when you and I tell you I was like a five year old stomping to the back to get this meal here and I was like, <laughs> he's like, thank you. I'm like, you're welcome. I'm sorry. I just had a little moment. Yeah. <laughs> but but you're going to make a really good person. I'm hoping. You I'm will. I'm hoping. You I'm know, sure. I've been singing this, I've been singing this song for the last three months. The song? Um, mm-hmm. I, I made up a song. And you're um, a person? Yes. Soon I will be perseret. <laughs> then I won't have to hear it. <laughs> I've been singing that for the last, so soon I will be perseret. And then I won't have to hear it. <laughs> I've been singing that for three months. <laughs> so I took a trip to Laos. Boy, what a beautiful country. It's very lush, like verdant hills, rainforest, like mists over the hills. There's a temple around every corner with colorful tuk-tuks and unbelievably good food. You know, I've never seen a Laotian restaurant. You always have Thai restaurants, Indian restaurants, but boy, the food there was unbelievable. Well, I started out with a bit of a vapid problem. (laughs) I managed to lose my liquid bag. So I was without sunscreen and uh, bug repellent and anti-frizz hairspray, uh, self-tanner. You know, it's a a very vain problem to have because I was able to secure shampoo, bug repellent. It might not be your preferred types. I was able to get uh, sunscreen, even though it was very 
thick and white. You know, you have your things that are like easy to put on. You know, granted, this is all very first world problems that I wasn't able to get my preferred liquids. But also then I could not get the other liquids at all. Um, let's just say Asian, you know, I was in Asia and they're not known for um, frizzy hair. <laughs> I don't think you, even though it's very humid there, so I get my blonde afro. Uh, so I, I could not find uh, any anti-frizz hair products. Uh, that's not a big surprise. And then the other thing is, I, and like I said, this all sounds very, 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 very vain, but I do like self-tanner so I'm not quite so pale, you know, especially on your legs if you're wearing skirts and shorts, those kind of things. So I actually went into a Chinese pharmacy and attempted to explain self-tanner, which she promptly, excitedly handed me skin whitening cream. <laughs> whitening cream. I'm like, no, 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 the opposite. I want to be my, make my white skin tan. <laughs> it's really absurd because they're going to want their skin lighter. I want my skin darker. And she says to me, Maybe I make calls. I make calls. You come back. You come back tomorrow. So I come back tomorrow. And she's like, I need to make more calls. And I'm thinking, we're trying to score some self-tanner. And it just ain't happening. <laughs> just had to be white and frizzy in Laos. So you had somebody famous on board? Yes. Who was it? David Dusseldorf. Who's David Dusseldorf? <laughs> David Asseloff. <laughs> but did somebody call him that? The captain did. <laughs> the captain called him David Dusseldorf. <laughs> One of the things I love about traveling is seeing different food items, just different things. And I was uh, my first morning in Vietnam, in Laos. Uh, they had these strange looking, what looked like jello mushroom eggs. So I had to have one and I couldn't tell, is that a mushroom in there? Is it some sort of fruit? Did they make like a mold to make the jello look like an egg. Uh, I took pictures of it and I posted all this stuff on Instagram. My Instagram has good pictures. It's uh, at Betty in the Sky. So uh, I take the picture of this and I post it on Instagram and I'm very nice. I should have, I should look up who it was, but somebody was very nice, so generous, looked up, figured out what that thing, that jello mushroom egg was. And it's called a century egg and it takes four to six weeks to make it takes a long time to make that's why they call them century eggs and after you, you do something to the egg and then you let it sit for five six weeks and it turns gelatinous so they're, they're like a delicacy in china uh it was kind of good a little weird um but it's uh thank goodness someone had more time than i do to find out it's a century egg Yeah, 
though. You know how people have different types of emotional support yes, animals yes. that they bring on board? It's a problem. And we've seen everything yes. over the sun, right? Ducks. How kangaroos. about... Uh, that's that's it. I had a baby kangaroo. Did you have one? I yes, just seen it on the news. I did. He was about near tall. And I bet you he was cute. Was he he cute? was cute, but the owner was getting on my last nerves. Cause she was talking about how she was a psychiatrist and she recommends them for emotional oh, support. Wait, so she needs emotional support to psychiatrists? Tell me about <laughs> it. Think about that. Just really okay. She think about help that other for a moment. But she needs a kangaroo. And, exactly. And then she was talking about how she like, spent how big was thirty, this like maybe like a foot tall. Yeah, like a foot tall. And they had it in like a little pouch, pouch, blue jean. <laughs> yeah, seriously, a little blue jean. Look like a little purse that's shaped like a little pouch for it. Anyway, so she was talking I about where you buy kangaroo pouches. I have no idea. <laughs> Who even think of that? At the kangaroo pouch store. <laughs> yeah, they belong in the wild. But anyway, she's talking about how she spent thirty thousand dollars for a fence around her house to keep them in, and how she it's has like two really or three. She's exactly. Not be able to take it. They grow. But they it's the same stop size of a growing. person. Exactly, and they can box you out. <laughs> I don't understand it, but they're making a mockery of the whole emotional support thing. I know. It's just crazy. But I would have liked to see the picture. I would like to see the baby kangaroo. It was cute. I didn't think of to take a picture of it because I was just kind of shocked right. the whole time. Well, you don't expect to see a kangaroo exactly. on the plane. Kangaroos on the plane. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, snakes on the plane. Kangaroos. Yeah. I was staying in the forest and uh, I had been running into very nice people to talk to every evening at dinner and I was talking to this nice couple from Europe and uh, we, uh, I was sitting at the next table but basically we were sort of having dinner together and I kept jumping up from dinner every time there was an interesting bug. I, I'm kind of a jungle gal. I love, I love wildlife and I love weird bugs and I like being some. I like being somewhere different than home. So uh, I kept jumping up to see the bugs. So we started then talking about bugs. And I was talking about how I have so much bug paraphernalia. You know, not drug paraphernalia, but bug paraphernalia. And I was talking about all these creams that I have that I couldn't bring because I forgot my liquids. Like I have this one. It's called uh, Sun sect. <laughs> so it's like sunscreen and insect repellent. It works really well. It worked great in Uganda. And I was also talking about, I was telling them about my new toy. I'm pretty sure I mentioned my new toy uh, on the Uganda podcast. Not sure. So just going to revisit it quickly here. I have this, it's like a, the opposite of a syringe. It looks like a big plastic syringe and it has different, it has different plastic things you put on that depending on the size of the bite, it's like even for, I was telling them, it's even like for a snake bite and you put it on and then you, you, it sucks out. Like it actually like puts like a big bulge in your skin and it sucks out whatever the poison is, even if it's a mosquito bite or I was talking about a snake bite and they were asking me if I've ever tried it. And I'm like, no, I haven't ever tried it on. I haven't ever gotten a snake bite, but you know, I have the, the syringe in case, you know, you have any problems. <laughs> so I go back to my room and this trip is in November. Uh, I have a birthday in November, and it's part of the reason why I take a big trip every November. And um, 
So I'm a Scorpio and I'm in my room and uh, I see a big insect on the other side of the room. So I'm like, oh, goody, what is it? I got to get a picture. So I get my camera and I get kind of close to it and I go, oh, oh, this uh, is a scorpion and it's a big scorpion, you know, with that tail stuck up in the back, the thing that, you know, like it whoops around and, and gets you. And I was like, crap. I don't like to kill things. Why can't leave this scorpion in the room and go to sleep? Oh, shoot. So we're having sort of a standoff. He's not running yet, but I'm not taking a picture because I, I, I got to try to, my first thought was I'm going to, I'm going to try to get him out of the room. So I'm going to try to chase the scorpion <laughs> around the room. But you know what? That sucker was fast. I wasn't getting anywhere. I, I wasn't getting him anywhere near the door. And I was fearing that he was going to get under something and then there wouldn't be any chasing him. And, and basically I, I killed him. Uh, I hate to do it, but I, I was a scorpion. You know, I, I, there are a few things that I, I kill mosquitoes too. Um, so the next morning, I'm talking to the nice couple that I was having the conversation with the night before about the bugs. And I'm like, oh, I had a scorpion in my room last night. And they were like, oh, did you get a picture? I'm like, I got a picture after I killed it. But I, you know, I, I sort of, I needed to get business done. And they were like, oh, you didn't think about maybe letting the scorpion bite you so you could test your new toy, the syringe, to see if it works on a scorpion bite? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I like I like my new toy, but I, I'm not that hardcore to let a scorpion bite me <laughs> just to see how it works. Yeah, not so much. Okay, so we're in the cave. What is the name of this cave? Yeah, what's the name? Cape Patrick. Okay, and people lived in here in the war. Grandmother, I lived here 15 years. She lived in this cave for 15 years? Yes. And she's alive now? She says she's 97? Uh, Your grandmother? Uh, 87? 73. Oh, 73. Okay. <laughs> 73. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I kept going on and on about how the strange <laughs> rules about um, having sex with Laotians. Well, I had this in quite a few of the hotels that I stayed in. They had this piece of formal looking document um, framed and put in your room and it had a list of rules not just that one and uh, <laughs> some of them were quite interesting it said to ensure the tranquility and safety of national and foreign visitors the authorities have enacted the following regulation a lot of it's normal like you know you have to show your passport but uh, it says tourists and visitors are required to return to their guest house or hotel by midnight. It was like a curfew. <laughs> I, I was like, all right. Uh, I don't usually stay out late anyway, so that's all right. Um, you also have to meet your guests in the reception area and please get permission from reception if you wish to entertain guests in your room. 
Uh, and at the bottom, it also says, uh, breach of these requirements will incur legal penalties. So don't say out after midnight. <laughs> You're going to get in trouble. And it's probably inappropriate, but I'm still this lady. I like that. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a, like, a passenger had brought on some candy and he just put the candy on the counter. It was a 3.30 yeah. and he didn't say anything. And um, so the lady started throwing tantrum like after the service she kept, how come nobody told me about the candy? The yes. It was another flight Uh-huh, the crazy one. And so um, she's like, you know, nobody told me about the candy. And I'm like, and he's, he's like, what, huh? And he's like, the candy, the passenger, you're keeping it for yourself. He's like, I'm not keeping it. I don't, you know, eat. he doesn't eat candy. Right. So, well, he forgot. He, like, he, well, you got other things to do. Yeah, he brought, the lady brought the candy. He's like, thank you, you know, out of sight. Exactly, boarding. I mean, like, it's thank all you. kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm glad you got on board. Great, you know. So, she's like, I didn't get the candy. You've been hoarding it for yourself. And he's like, well, the candy's right there. Help yourself. So, they're getting off the airplane, and she's throwing this temper tantrum about the candy. Right? Because it, it was like Halloween candy in individual bags. Oh, okay. And, um, and so... He, like there, he, she's on the escalator, like bitching about this candy. Still, still. So then, yes. So they're in Dublin, getting there, cause you know it's like a nice little escalator ride down. And so he goes through people, and he's like, "Here's your fucking candy." I was like, "Honey." <laughs> he's like, "I could not take it anymore." That was a little much. And so then they they ride on the bus ride, and she's like a little kid, like, "I got the candy," oh and I'm like, "This is a senior." She's bad. Senior. Yes. And I'm like, Lord. So I guess that's all it takes. That I mean, much different. So then I, I guess there's, she's still like feeling a certain way, and so her friend that she always flies with, she's like, "Can you just go up and talk to her, and like, you know, apologize? About the not candy? apologize, just say, you know, I'm glad you get something right. about the candy." And he's like, he went up to her and he, um, it's like, I'm, I'm glad you got your candy, and she was like, "Oh, she wanted a kiss," and he was like, <laughs> "She made him kiss her." Yes, and, and so he was like. She's like, okay, all's forgiven. I'm like, holy shit. That's a strange job, isn't it? We are. We are crazy. It's like, it's like antelopes, honey. <laughs> That's exactly how I think of this job. Antelopes? A bunch, they're beautiful. But they play. <laughs> I mean. That's the way I think of this job. It's a bunch of, you know. Antelopes. Yeah. Flamingos. Beautiful, right? Beautiful. But a little. Yes. One leg all day. <laughs> it's, I mean. I'd like to thank any of you who were so, so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. And, you know, it's the holidays, so everybody's buying stuff on Amazon. If you click through my website, bettyinthesky.com, on any of the Amazon links. I got an email recently, uh, and I'm behind on emails. I owe a lot of you emails back. I've just been in Laos. <laughs> but anyway, I got an email saying, I didn't see any links except for links for your book. Well, anytime you go click on any of the Amazon links for my books or anything else, uh, it works. And um, it supports the show. It doesn't cost you any more. You can even bookmark it, which would be great. I like to see what people buy. And this past month, somebody bought Caruso, the Celebrity Dachshund calendar, Cinnamon Hot Buns 
candle. And a few people bought my book, Tar, the book one in the Tar collection. And I'm happy to say, I'm thrilled to say that the Tar Maker, book two in the Tar collection, is out. It's ready for download. The audiobook is in the pipeline. It's not done yet because I've been in Laos. <laughs> And you know what's surprising is that uh, they're actually working on my condo right now from last October's hurricane, <laughs> but that doesn't work well for um, recording a audiobook. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be done soon to get the audiobook out, and maybe it'll be out by the next podcast episode. But I did want to read you a few reviews of The Tar Maker. Um, nothing makes me happier been a good review for these books because it was such a big risk for me. I mean, I I really was putting myself out there doing something I didn't know how to do, write fiction, and uh, I basically opened myself up for complete and utter failure. So, Daredevil Diva wrote, Loving these tar books. The road tripping and the traveling light up some of my own roads of memories. The timelessness of the human condition we all live in. It was happy, sad, serious, and funny. Also nice. A leather worker wrote, Sequel equal to the first. Betty is using her real-life adventures to help tell this continuing tale of mind-enhancing drugs fun read. And then a review for the audiobook of Tar said, well done, Betty. Captivating story. Can't wait for the next installment. Betty, just like in her podcast, is an excellent storyteller. Oh, that's so nice. That's my catch. (laughs) I'm telling you, you don't know how much that warms my heart. Let's get back on with the show. Okay, so you know how when we're going to training as a flight yeah. attendant, we have to do our OE flights. Yes, and your first flights, so like training flight. flights. Yeah, so Scary. on this flight, um, they made an announcement, ladies and gentlemen, we have some trainees on board, okay? So, we do, we do the service, everything is good, we get ready to land, and the landing was awful. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> Okay, and then um, one of these passengers hollered out, Oh my God, you need to send those pilots back to training because they are awful. Do not put them on the line. And I was like, "Um, It's the flight attendants in training, not the pilot. Can you imagine? It was so funny. Trainees up there. And I thought she was going to get it, but she walked right up to the captain and told him the same thing. I know he felt so bad. Because he wasn't in training. Nope, not him. I had a lot of fun eating in Laos. The food was so, so good. And I went to this uh, rather fancy restaurant. It was fancy because there were like two guys just there to open the door. It must have been like 30, 40 people working there. And there, there were only maybe... 10 people eating there. Anyway, it was very fancy. It's called the Blue Lagoon. A nice restaurant. My hotel had recommended it. And I'm looking through the menu and expecting the same things I'd been seeing on the rest of the trip. You know, curries, (laughs) lap, L-A-A-P, which was very, very good. Has a lot of mint and coriander with like chicken or fish or pork. It was very, very good. And then I'm paging through the menu and then I get to the chef's insect menu 
insect menu. I had never seen one of those before, so I found this quite interesting. There was black ant coconut soup for uh like 46,000 kip, which is like $6. And the description was little crispy bags of ant eggs in a soup with coconut milk and a touch of tamarind. There was also a red ant egg salad, a grasshopper pasta. And get this, this one really shocked me. A red ant egg with raspberry sorbet, a red ant dessert. (laughs) So I was a little, I wasn't expecting any of this. So now these two people, a nice couple, European couple, come to sit down at the table next to me. And um, the waiter brings out, he goes, oh, this is complimentary. And it's like this little dish. It's on like a banana leaf and it's white with black specks. And I asked him, I said, what is it? (laughs) Because now I'm thinking, it's ants. He's like, it's butter with pepper. And I was like, oh, for the bread. Oh, okay. So now I can't wait to tell these people. I'm like, there's an insect menu. And they were like, oh, yes, we know. We came here for the insect menu. It's like known for the insect menu. And I was like, really? So the lady ordered uh, two items. I'm taking pictures. I didn't have any ants or grasshoppers or I started feeling, but I was so interested. And you know, it's good for the environment. There's a lot of nutrients. It's very sustainable. I understand all that. I get it. It's it's very progressive. And then uh, later on in the trip, I was feeling guilty that here I was so interested and I didn't taste any of it. What kind of a traveler am I? Um, you know, I'm going to take pictures of other people eating it. Shame, 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 shame on you. <laughs> So I decided I was coming back through Luang Prabang, so I went back to the Blue Lagoon, and I ordered the black ant coconut soup, and I had the red ant egg salad, and I'll tell you what, it was good. It was good, I have to say, but you know, I think that chef could probably make anything good. (laughs) But it was my first insect dinner. I was in Luang Prabang, which is a fantastic city. I stayed longer there than I intended because it was kind of like the Paris of Asia. I mean, every meal there was picture-worthy. It was so artsy, and uh, everything was just so beautiful. So I had, uh, my friend had been there before, and I heard other people say, oh, you have to get up for the... um, the monk alms, like at 5.45, so before sunrise, and I thought, all right, well, you know, and went in Luang Prabang, get up to do what you're supposed to do, so I got up, and uh, it was very fascinating. The monks would walk by, people sitting in these little chairs, and the people would give them rice, and fruit, and candy, and um, and there's like a per- procession of the monks in their saffron robes, collecting this food in these baskets and it reminded me of like trick-or-treat like Halloween like a monk (laughs) trick-or-treat of course there's no trick involved with the monks so I got back to my room and I thought I should I should look this up because I don't even really know what I was seeing and I found this very interesting meaning 
uh, for takbat. It says the takbat is a profound expression of generosity, a cardinal virtue for the Lao people, and it is a significant source of religious merit for the Buddhist community. It is probably the closest religious interaction between lay people and monks. Whenever it is performed, it is done with a profound sense of beauty and affection, with piety, care, thoughtfulness, and deep commitment. Most of the Buddhist believers of Luang Prabang practice this ritual every morning. At sunrise, they prepare the offerings by cooking the rice and kneeling on a mat in silence, waiting for the monks to approach, their heads and feet bare in humility. They quickly and silently place a small amount of rice in the monk's alms bowl without making eye contact. Sometimes cakes and fruits are offered. They practice this generous act of joy, knowing that it will benefit them, their living or departed relatives, and all beings. For their part, the monks meditate on the impermanence and the meaning of the offerings they receive which symbolize their intentional poverty, humility, and dependency on the lay community for their material needs. It's nice. Certainly not monk trick-or-treat. No, not that. No. (laughs) No, I wish I did. I was on the next gate when the girl had the first flight where she blew the slide oh. on the 321. Oh my god. So she comes on like um first of all it was my husband's student <laughs> and it was, was her it? first trip. She blew a slide? First trip, first leg. My goodness, is she still with us? Yes. Did you not read the thing in the I didn't. So there was a there was a write up about it. They were talking about blowing slides earlier in the summertime and they were saying like oh um this is what happened and so they had gotten statements from these people and they were like how did it happen? And she's just saying, oh, I was just distracted. Let me tell you something. As a person who has only been here about seven years, to be sitting, like, to be sitting waiting to board, happen to be looking out the window and all you see is this yellow slide come out of the, out of the airplane like a tongue. I've never seen one. I was like, it's like, it's like you're watching a wave about to like hit the beach, but you can't move, right. but you know, it's about to be the end of you. I mean, all the and you all the the grounds people were sprint or scrambling yes, they can get really hurt. but it was door three on the other side oh. so but they were they were doing bags from the other side right. but there happened to be somebody doing a um stroller oh. that was it happened to just be walking all of a sudden so scary. it was the scariest it thing so fast, yeah it? it was really quick and so i'm sitting there i'm like so you you looking yeah. and it's just like a tongue There's coming a out. Am I really seeing what I'm seeing? Yes, it's an airplane tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at the airport. I'm looking at the crew, and nobody's paying attention. I'm like, y'all, blow slide. And um, my friend was like, us. I'm like, no, girl, <laughs> never. <laughs> I gotta get my purse red. That's <laughs> me up. But um, so we're looking and. Um, so the, the girl was up to the agent. She's like, do we need to stop boarding? She's like, yeah, we need to figure out what's going on. Because, yeah. well, you know, we're next door. Right. So, but this affects all yeah. of us. Yeah, because we, because we. Have to push back. 
well not that they bore bags from our side where the slide came down so it was like we have to wait until they clear it and all that other stuff it's kind of exciting it was it was kind of exciting (laughs) all i could think to myself i hope i hope it wasn't new hire girl and then we find out it's first day first day first trip first leg (laughs) and i'm over here like poor baby You know, sometimes you have the joys of standby travel. It took me a long time to get home from Laos. Ended up taking six flights in almost three days because I didn't get on certain flights and certain flights were late. So then I missed my connection. So I ended up having to spend, um, get a day room in Seoul. Uh, Ended up having to, ended up going through Vegas because I could get on those flights. So I had a short night in Vegas, and I used Uber for the first time, uh, trying to stay up with the times a little late. And uh, so my Uber driver is, we're talking as he's driving to me to the hotel, and I was saying, oh yeah, this is my first time using Uber. And then we started talking about Las Vegas, and he was talking about how it stays open 24 hours, and you can get your hair cut in the middle of the night, you can get a manicure in the middle of the night, all kind of things like this. And then he said, we have like... 25,000 hookers in Las Vegas. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. But I, I, you know, I don't need one of those. And he said, well, I thought you were going to use one in the morning. And I was thinking, I use one of a hooker in the morning. (laughs) He had said there are 25,000 Ubers not hookers, but I had never even heard Ubers as like a plural. So I thought he had said 25,000 hookers, but he said 25,000 Ubers. And I indeed, indeed plan on using an Uber, not a hooker, in the morning. Cup chai. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. The cup chai is thank you in Laos. <laughs> Woo! Yeah!